mindfulness mode. If you want it to be better, you really want it, you will do something about it. Hey, Mindful Tribe, welcome to the show. Welcome to Mindfulness Mode. Today, I'm talking to a person who helps individuals stop making the mistakes that prevent them from their success and ultimate joy. And she does this by teaching them the power of heart and mind alignment, all based on the law of attraction. So I'm here today with Zara Mahoon. Zara, so good to have you with us. Are you in mindfulness mode today? Absolutely, always in mindfulness mode. I'm excited to be here with you, thank you. And I am too, because I know that you've written 12 books. You've done so much to help people through the law of attraction and and so on. And I know one of your books is called Why Me? Why Do Bad Things Happen to Good People? And it's just like, I read that and I thought, yeah, that is a question so many of us ask, isn't it? But, you know, I want to ask you first, what does mindfulness mean to you, Zara? It means a being present. It means me being in control of where my thoughts are going. Yes. Yes. All about our thoughts yes. and noticing them and being in control of them. Tell me about the first book you ever wrote and tell me what inspired you to start writing. The first book I ever wrote was Why Me? Okay. <laughs> Why do bad things happen to good people? And it came about because I was explaining law of attraction to a friend. And Mm -hmm. I drew a couple of diagrams to explain to him what I was talking about. And then when I came home, I I thought, oh, this was so good. I have to share this with my community. So I started writing a blog post. But by the time I was finished, it it wasn't going to be a blog blog post. Right. So it became my my first book. It was a very short, to the point, still is to the point book that people can get started with understanding how their thoughts affect what happens to them. I'm so interested. I know that you live in the Toronto area here in Canada. Do you know Bob Proctor? And I know he recently passed. Absolutely. Because he's, I I was sure that you would know him because I've known him for years and have been in his masterminds and things like that. And he's all about the law of attraction. When was the first time you you've heard about Bob Proctor? Do you remember? I think I met Bob in, um, in Toronto when he did the Hay House program around the secret movie. Yes. So I got his autograph and got to hang out with him and Jack Canfield for a little bit. And yeah, that it was quite, quite an event. Oh, yeah. That he was quite a man. Quite Wasn't a man. he something? Oh, my God. Yes. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I just I just enjoyed being around him. I enjoyed being online when, you know, he was running a mastermind. It was just like his presence was exactly. amazing, wasn't it? Exactly. It was his presence. Yes. Well, let's talk about the law of attraction. So we've talked about it a lot on the show, but to you, what makes the law of attraction so important for you in your life? It is the way I live life. It has given me the basic fundamental understanding of how the universe works so that I can be happy. And that peace within, I think, is the main event. And you always look happy when I've seen you on videos and and I think, wow, it, it feels as though you've really captured this. But there was a time when you were not so happy. Can you tell us about that? Oh, my God. It was many, many. 
many years of my life that I used to ask that question, why me? Why is this? Why, yeah. What did I do to deserve what's happening to me? And I was in search of the answer. I didn't find the answer until much later. But once I got it, I turned things around really, really fast. Like to me, it, it feels like it was the blink of an eye and everything changed wow. because it clicked in. And law of attraction really at its basis is very simple. It is about not attaching any conditions to feeling good. For example, uh, just this morning, I received an email from someone who wanted help because she wanted to overcome the uh, the feeling, winter blues, basically. She's like, you know, mm -hmm. the sun's shining. I feel so good. Why is it that I get into this winter blues kind of a thing every year? And, and that kind of a thing happens because we've attached our happiness to whether or not the sun shines. Yeah, and that doesn't work. It doesn't, that just doesn't work. It doesn't work because you don't control the sun. So you have to have your own sunshine within you, right? And then... Absolutely, we do, yes. And then the sun, you, you decide when to turn it on and off. And I think once you have it, you never turn it off. I think you're right. And it, it seems like you're that kind of person that's able to just let that flow through you. And it's it's wonderful to see. Now, your website, I know your website is zmahoon.com, yeah, correct? That's right. And on your website, I love what you what you have. As soon as you go to that website, zmahoon.com, it says, I help individuals to stop making the mistakes that prevent them from their success and ultimate joy. But wait, there's more. Because it says, by teaching them the power of heart and mind alignment based on the, on the law of attraction. So how do we align our heart and our mind? How do we pull that off, Zira? I've devised a system, which is what I call the heart and mind alignment method. And that method really is very simple. It involves providing our mind with a different set of evidence. Our mind works on the basis of evidence. And if it collects evidence from the world around us that opposes the way our heart wants us to go, then the mind refuses to go with the heart. And so we get stuck because yeah. we want things, but we can't see a way to getting them. And now we are stuck. We'll keep spinning our wheels round and round, trying to figure out a way to get them. Whereas if we just become unstuck, we don't let anything hold us down and we keep moving forward, we will eventually manifest all the things that we want by letting go, not by getting stuck. And so the heart and mind alignment system is a program that helps people to look for a different set of evidence to move them forward. So I help people identify what is getting them stuck and then changing the dialogue around that thing. For example, I can't find a job or I can't get clients for my business or um, I, I can't um, change my spouse's habits and it's driving me nuts or, you know, my children don't listen to me. These are all examples of problems that people are living. And these problems erode your happiness because you're constantly spinning your wheels, trying to think of a way to move you forward. 
So stop right there and tell me, why do you think this is a problem? And when people start talking, they will bring up, they will expose their belief system because every word that comes out of our mouth is based on the beliefs that we hold within. And some of those beliefs are not serving us. But what is a belief? A belief is a connection that we've made between two things without collecting proper evidence. We have just assumed that it will always behave this way. That's what a belief is. So for example, um, if you, you have someone, maybe a child or a spouse who has a certain habit, and you keep telling yourself, well, it's always been like this. So that's evidence that you've collected. Try collecting a different set of evidence. So shift your thinking and say, well, they do try. They do try, for example. Now that's evident. You know that they have tried. So give them the benefit of the doubt. And now when you start saying, well, they do try, you become more open to them changing their habits. And even if they never change, you feel better. Yes. The trick is- You feel is, a lot better. Exactly. But the, the thing that happens when you feel better is that the problem no longer remains a problem. Incredible. I, I really love this. It's, and like you said, it sounds so simple and it is simple, but if you don't do it, it just doesn't happen. That's right. And sometimes people yeah. need help to do it. Yeah. A lot of times we do, don't we? Right. And the thing is, we, we operate in this vacuum and we think, oh, I've got to do this myself. I've got to do that myself, don't we? we? I think for me anyway, sometimes I'm hesitant to ask for help. And why is that? Why are we so hesitant to like reach to other humans to help us? Because we feel it'll make us feel less than, less than, mm. less than than less than them in some way. So um, that is primarily why we feel, we feel we'll be exposed. We feel like, you know, somebody's going to see us with our clothes off and- We feel vulnerable, yes, don't we? Yes, yes. And yeah. that, that's the issue. That's yeah. the issue. That's why we don't want to ask for help because we want to be seen as perfect. Everyone wants to be seen as perfect. Yeah, and social media has even made that more so, hasn't it? Well, yes, but you see, it comes down to just feeling perfect anyway. I, yeah. I, I am who I am, and I'm happy with myself. I don't really care what you think. You know, do you, do you remember Dr. Wayne Dyer? Like, oh, I mean, of we've, course. we've lost yes. a couple of really great people in the past little while, but he used to say what someone thinks about you is none of your business. Yes, I know he said that. And I thought and thought and thought about that so much. So important. Tell us your thoughts on that statement. Well, when I heard him and I met him again in Toronto, he was in Toronto and I met him and he said that on stage. And then later on, of course, I got together with him. It just became my mantra. I put it, I put a yellow sticky on my bathroom mirror saying what someone thinks about me is none of my business. And I would remind myself of that every single day. Because I was kind of like that, what people thought was really important to me. And me so, yeah, and so I had to overcome that. I had to tell myself that it was a much freer way of living because every day I felt like I was waking up and putting a mask on for a role that I was going to play that day. And then I would just keep changing a set of masks because I was playing different roles. But it was none of those roles was actually who I was. And I, I, 
I heard him say that and I thought, this is brilliant. This means I won't have to uh, change my masks anymore. I can just be who I am and let everyone else be who they are. There's freedom in that. There is freedom in that. And it is brilliant. And yet when I first heard it, I thought, oh, it sounds so foreign to be like that. Yes. But then I got used to it just like you did. Yep. And I'm like, wow, it really changed my life. That's right. It does sound foreign. And that's because um, unwittingly, we get trained into it. Because we are taught at a very young age to consider what other people would think or say, don't do that because so-and-so is looking. Yeah. Right. Don't, or behave this way because what will other people say? And so we get trained out of following our own guidance and following other people's guidance, looking at ourselves through other people's eyes, instead of seeing ourselves through the eyes of God or the universe or whatever you want to say, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, I love how you have such a talent for communication, how you're able to take these concepts, which lots of other people have talked about, but you're able to take them into everyday language and make them so understandable. Like, do you, have you always been this way? Do you have a degree in communications or what is this? How do you do this? I don't have a degree in communication. And yes, I have always done it this way. I didn't realize what I was doing until um, just a couple of years ago. But what it really is, is channeling, is what other people call channeling. I've just never called it channeling because I didn't realize it was channeling. Oh, well, tell us more about channeling. But channeling means getting your mind out of the way and allowing the answers to come from the heart. And so when you do that, that's what channeling is. It means pulling information that my logical mind is not aware of, pulling that information from the collective consciousness by plugging into the collective consciousness. And, and what, what happens when I'm doing that is that the part of me that is talking to you, there's another part of me that is observing me talking to you. Ah, uh -huh. that's interesting. So the part of me that's observing you is not actually providing the answers. And that part of me is my mind. My mind is the one that takes the back seat and is the observer in what's happening, whereas my heart is the one that's flowing the energy of the answer that's coming through me. And, and so that's basically what channeling is. You can channel from different emotional levels. When you channel from a place of love, that's when you're channeling pure positive energy. But you, uh, you are able to channel all sorts of energies. It's just a mechanism for tuning in to energy. And so I, my mind will, will observe what I'm saying and will mm -hmm. be saying in my head, oh, God, that was brilliant. That was really good. You should go and listen to that later. <laughs> and that's because the answer is not coming from my mind. I am also listening to the answer. 
That's so interesting. I found that with a lot of my coaching clients too. I'm like, wow, I feel like I was on a roll with this mm-hmm. client and I, all these things came out and wow. And I do go back and listen to the recording exactly. and think, wow, that sounds that like pretty, a book. Yes, <laughs> exactly. That was pretty brilliant. Where did that come from? Well, it's yeah. because your mind wasn't involved in thinking it. You were flowing it. You were not thinking it. Ah. And that's what channeling is all about. And well, all of us. That. Well, all of us have a natural ability to do it. It is how we were meant to live life, was to allow our guidance to come through and then act on that guidance. Wow. It's like, you know, sometimes you're sitting that. there and, a, and an idea falls into your head. You weren't thinking about it. Yes, exactly. I, I call it universal intervention. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it does seem like that. It just comes from out of nowhere. It's exactly. like, where did that come from? Exactly, where did that come from? I didn't think that idea up. It came from somewhere. And I knew as soon as I got it that it was brilliant. And I knew I didn't think it. And a lot of times I think it comes from maybe a loved one who has passed on or it comes from somewhere in the universe like that. At least those are some of my thoughts. Well, it's the collective consciousness. So it could be coming from anywhere. Right. It's like when when a drop of water goes back into the ocean, you can't pull it apart from the rest of the ocean. Right. When a soul returns to collective consciousness, you can't pull it apart from all the other energies that are in there. But it still is an energy. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. I like that description. Exactly. So it's all out there for us. And I think that when we get the mind out of the way, so my, our mind is what stalls us. Because our mind does not have perfect information. Our mind only has that information that we've collected by living life. But there's more to the world than that. Yeah, a lot more. Exactly. So when we get our mind out of the way, now we have the bird's eye view, the view of source, the view of the yeah. universe. And yeah. so when we follow that guidance, life becomes magical. I'm, I'm just fascinated. I'm so interested, not only in what you told me about uh, the, the heart and mind alignment system, I'm interested in that, but also I know that you have something called the unlimited 40-day law of attraction workout. Yes. What is that? The law of attraction, the 40-day workout is a systematic method that over 40 days helps you to break down some of your old beliefs and incorporate new beliefs um, and gives you a very simple routine to do over a period of 40 days that will release some of the things, the energy blockages that are holding you back. So um, it's it starts every 42 days. So we take a two-day break in those two days. So I run the program every 40 days. It is free to attend. There's no no cost to the program. Uh, You just have to buy the workbook on Amazon and and the program is free. Um, I I accept donations, but the program is start free. Um, Mm -hmm. Every 40 days, we complete a 40 day cycle. We take a two day break. In those two days, I teach a webinar call how to get the most out of the 40 days. And then we start again. Wow. And it's free. That is fantastic. And do we just go to your website and we can sign up for it there? Um, No, there's you purchase the workbook. So in order to be added to the program, I need proof of purchase. Okay. so So you you purchase the workbook first first and then send me your proof of 
purchase, I prefer a selfie with the book, but you can send okay. me uh, a screenshot of the book in your Kindle library. You can send me a purchase receipt, either one of those three things, and then I add you to the program. Oh, wow. That sounds pretty easy, pretty straightforward. Yeah. And it's very generous of you, I think, to offer this for free to whoever wants to be part of it. That's well, great. It energizes me. I love it. Yeah. Well, I can tell you're energized. And then do you work with coaching clients? Do you coach yes. people on a regular basis? Yes, I do. I have a group coaching program as well as a one-on-one -on -one coaching okay. option available. Yeah. Oh, I see. So tell us more about the group coaching. How often do you meet with your people and what sizes of the, are the groups? And can you tell us a little bit about what you offer? Yes, absolutely. The group coaching program is called Unlimited 365. And that involves a weekly group coaching session. Whoever has a question can come in. It's a monthly subscription. So you pay a monthly subscription amount and that gives you access to all the coaching sessions that are held as well as a daily teaching session that I do. So uh, lots of opportunities for asking questions and, and getting coached. Wow. Sounds fantastic. Well, I went online and I was reading some things about you and some things that some of your uh, past clients had said about you. And I thought, wow, they were very, very moved with how you helped them, how you changed their lives. Can you tell us a story yourself about one of your clients who has uh, really been changed as a result of your coaching and your influence? I'll give you a, a recent example because there are so many and, and I just uh, don't hold on to them. Um, is uh, someone that I have been coaching, a mother and a daughter, and mm -hmm. whose relationship has been suffering for, for as long as they can remember. Mm -hmm. um, the daughter got involved in a lot of alcohol and drug related issues. And there has been a history of her coming back and then leaving and then coming back and falling into many, many other uh, compromising situations and events. So I have been coaching both of them separately, the mother as well as the daughter. And things have completely changed. She's cleaned up her act. She is living at home with her mother. They are not fighting anymore. And she's holding down a job, has been holding down a job now for the past three months which she was wow. never able to do before. And um, things look promising for these two now. And so I just, I feel um, so happy when I see the results. And just to see her, because I've known this child for many years. The mother and the daughter have been in and out of my uh, meditation group for many years. Mm -hmm. And so I, I know this child for many years and I know the mother and it's just so satisfying for me to see the transformation. Yeah, that is fantastic. I, I totally hear you. It's a wonderful feeling when you've, you've helped someone in real ways yes. like that. Now, Zira, I see behind you, there's a grad photo of someone. Can you tell us who that is? Both my son and my daughter are sitting on my shelf. I'm not sure which one you see just now, but they're both very close together. Yeah, and I have yeah. their, both their graduation pictures are on my shelf. So I have two children, a boy and a so girl. So tell me, 
Tell me how you've applied the law of attraction to being a mother and how that helped your whole family. I, so my children uh, are born almost the same day. So they are born the same day as far as I'm concerned because he arrived on her birthday. Um, oh, that's cool. Uh, I know he just missed, he, he missed midnight by a couple of hours. <coughs> so the official day is the next day. But they're 12 years apart. And so um, in, in between those 12 years, my parenting uh, changed completely. Oh. Mm -hmm. Because when my first one came along, I, had, I didn't know law of attraction. When my second one came along, I was already on the journey. And so way different parenting. Um, and, and then, of course, I had to go back and rework things with my daughter, who is older. Mm -hmm. um, but mainly my parenting practice is not to have any rules. There are no rules okay. in my house. There are only two rules in my house. Eat enough, sleep enough. That's it. That's all I want from you. Eat, eat enough and sleep enough. <laughs> wow, that's pretty cool. Those are the only rules. Those are the only rules. There are no other rules. And the reason there are no other rules is because I expect my children to do what they know is best for them. I like that. And so it takes all the pressure off me. They are responsible. And if they don't want to do something, I just say, yeah, that's fine. Because when you get to a point where it's important to you, you will do something about it. It's just not important to you. It's important to me, but it has to be important to you for it to work. So that's the definition of letting go, isn't it? It really is. And it's it's interesting that you asked me that because I've created the intuitive parenting portal in order to teach parenting. And I've written a book about parenting and another one is in the works. So parenting is very near and dear to my heart. That is really, really interesting that you do that. And yes. because, because I think that the opposite is true in so many cases. We think, oh, well, I have to tell them to do this. I have to tell them to do that. I have this rule and that rule. And, and I think in school, I, I'm in schools a lot with mindfulness and with the work I do. Yeah. And, and I just think that we think in this society that we have to kind of start off with all these rules, big list of rules. Yes. And then if we need more, we add more, add That's more, right. add more. And that and just makes it complicated. It does. And it makes it already, you, as a student, I think you feel oppressed. You feel, don't you think so? Well, I do. But think about it from this point of view. Um, one person might need to do it a certain way. And another person might not need it, but you have when once you make the rule, it has to apply to everyone. So yes. now, now the one person who doesn't need that rule is frustrated because their freedom is being curtailed, right? Yeah, so right. Uh, so rules, yeah. Uh, no, I I believe that the less rules we make, and the more we teach children how to make good decisions, then we don't have to teach them anything else. And you know what good decision-making is? Follow your heart. We're on the same wavelength. I just love that, Zira. I just so love it. That's what I teach. And that's why my household is a very comfortable, easy place to be. There are no rules. I just ask uh, people if they've had enough sleep and enough food. And that's about it. <laughs> well, I want to ask you about the topic of bullying, because that's something that I've worked in for years. And I always mm -hmm. ask my, my guests about that. Do you have a story you can share with us about this topic? 
unfortunately, there are many such stories. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, yes, well, a lot of people encounter bullying. Um, yeah, a lot do for sure. Not just for yeah. children, but also in the workplace. They, it, it's yes. it's in many different places. In hospitals, yeah. I was just talking yeah. to someone who just had a major surgery and was telling me about uh, the medical system. And I went away. Uh, now, this was not a coaching client. It was a neighbor. And I went away from that discussion thinking, sweetheart, if I could just explain to you that you create your own reality. Mm-hmm. And if you encountered that experience, you created it. It didn't come mm-hmm. to you out of the blue. It came to you because you created it. So what we really need to look at is what is your habit of thought that resulted in the creation of this experience? And it applies even to little children because when a child is fearful of something, everything in that child's life will gravitate to the vibration of fear and will Mm. bring those people into that child's life that will uh, subject the child to bullying. Well, that is fascinating that you explain it that way. And I've noticed so much fear now because of the pandemic and so many children are, are, they have the whole fear around wearing their masks. If I don't wear it, or if I take it off, maybe something terrible will happen. What, what should we do with that fear? How can we deal with this problem? Well, if it's already got to a place where the child is already fearful, then the way we would deal with it would be different. So um, before a problem happens, you are in the prevention mode. That's a completely different set of things that you need to do than cure. We all know that prevention and cure are completely different. Yeah, of course. So we can prevent the child from actually getting to that stage where they feel that way, which is a completely different set of strategies. And basically, in order to accomplish that, I train the parent because the parent needs training. It's like train the trainer. You train the parent so that you can train the child. For prevention, you have to focus on the parent and then the problem will never happen. But when the problem has already happened, now both need training, the child individually and the parent as well. If the child is already feeling fear, then because children who get into that vibration of fear, they don't know how to do the self-talk that I call heart and mind alignment. Basically, it's a method of talking to yourself to close the gap between your mind and your heart. The reason the child is afraid is not because the child wants to be afraid. It's the opposite. The child wants to be confident and doesn't know how. So when you, cho- when you train the child by talking to them, giving them the words that they can then use themselves that make, them feel, make themselves feel confident, then you free the child from the bondage of fear. And you have to work on the parent with separate strategies, but I'm going to focus on the child for the purpose of our discussion here. Right. And the way you do that is by talking to the child and finding out more about them so that you can point out to the child that in they have been in situations where they could have got 
so many kinds of viruses that but they didn't because their body knows what to do right sure right? yeah because of their their strong immune system exactly and so the easiest way for me to explain that to a child is to say, well, sweetheart, uh, do you remember a time when mommy was really, really sick and she was sneezing and coughing all over the place and she was running a fever? And the child says, yes. And then ask, well, did you get sick with along with mommy each and every time that she got sick? And, and let them think for a little bit because they will think of an instance when they did not get sick when mommy got sick. And you just capture that moment and use that to demonstrate to the child what they have already demonstrated to themselves, but they forgot. You remind them just because mommy gets sick or someone else gets sick, you don't have to. Do you remember the time when you visited your grandma and she was sick? Did you get sick? No, you didn't. No, you didn't. And one of the ways that you can help the child to uh, uncover these memories is by interviewing the parent. So this is why I work with the parents so that I can help the child, right? So if yeah. I've already interviewed the parent and I have collected this information, these are teaching elements that I can use both for the parent as well as the child. And once you teach that to a child and you teach the child that their body knows what to do because their body is so powerful and, and then just lead on from there. Do you tell your heart what to do? It's just doing what it needs to do, right? You are breathing. Yes. You don't tell your lungs to breathe every day. You don't wake up in the morning and say, heart on, lungs on, <laughs> tummy <laughs> on. You don't do that. No. You know, right? So you tell, you tell the child, your body knows what to do. It knows what you need. And then last of all, you tell the child, have you ever been scratched on your knees? Every child has had has been scratched on their knees. I don't care who they are. Every child has experienced a, a scratched knee. And yeah. then you say to them, well, do you remember that it didn't last long? After a few days, that scratch was gone. You don't even remember that it happened. So what did you tell? Did you give instructions to your body? Every morning you woke up and you said, cells skin do your job <laughs> you didn't do that no and that's because your body knows what to do and once i have trained a child to know that their body knows what to do they are a whole new child oh, wow and once again you've used such incredible communication skills to boil this down and make it seem so simple which it should be it should be we forget. I forgot as well. I, yeah. So I always, I was always channeling, but in between there was a phase of time when I truly messed up my life, when I had forgotten what I know. Mm. And then I mm. had to regain my stability and bring it all back. Wow. That must've been a challenging time. It was a very challenging time, but the reason that time, it, I appreciate that what happened is because my desire to fix things became so big that I was willing to do what it took. Mm. 
Wow, I just enjoy talking to you so much, Zira. I really do. This is fascinating. Now, as we move on in the uh, conversation, I want to ask you five quick answer questions. So just 30 second answers are perfect. The first one is, who is one person who has been a powerful mindfulness influence in your life? Dr. Wayne Dyer. Okay, and we talked about him already. And the second question is, is about your emotions and how have have things changed about how you deal with your own emotions as a result of oh. the mindfulness work? Oh, yes, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. I'm a totally different person. Yeah. And so how do you think you, you changed with that? How did that happen? Mm, um, there is no such thing as procrastination in my life anymore. Ideas and creativity flow freely and my anger issues are gone. Wow. If you ever wanted to meet someone with a bad temper, you should have met me when I was much younger. Really? You had a bad temper? Huge. Wow. Wow. It's incredible what some of this self-work can do to help you move through these things. And my next question is is about breathing. Tell me how breathing plays a part in your mindfulness practice. Breathing is is the easiest thing for us to focus on. And breathing is important because you can take all your five senses and focus them on breathing. Mm -hmm. Taking your five senses away from the world around you is what is the basis of bringing peace into your heart. And you can take all five senses from the world and focus them on the sound of your breath because it's always with you. Your breathing is always with you. And you, yeah. you just have to breathe in order to calm down. Because when you breathe in deeply, you automatically open up your connection with source. So that connection that I was talking about, where all the answers reside, that you can tap into that collective consciousness, our breath is that channel of communication with that collective consciousness. My consciousness is connected to me, the drop, am connected to the ocean because of my breath. Wow. Wow. When I went online, Zira, I saw 12 books, 12 very interesting looking books. And I know one of them is called Unlimited and one of them is called Why Me and another one is called Thrive. And your books look so inspiring. Are there any other books you would recommend to our listeners that can help with this kind of thing? Understanding. Um, I think aside from Dr. Wayne Dyer, my biggest influence in Law of Attraction comes from Abraham Hicks. And mm-hmm. I believe that their books are absolutely amazing. So are Dr. Wayne Dyer's. Um, the Sarah books is a trilogy of books written by Esther and Jerry Hicks are beautiful books. The Vortex is an amazing, amazing, amazing book. And then for anyone who is not familiar with the law of attraction and kind of thinks maybe it's out there and woo-woo, Kind of, I would recommend the book, The Untethered Soul. Yes. Yeah, The Untethered Soul, another beautiful book. Well, we'll put these books all in our show notes at mindfulnessmode.com. So you'll be able to find them there. And my last question is about an app. Is there an app of any description 
that you ever recommend to your clients or that you use? I use uh, an app for meditation. And that app is uh, uh, called Rain Sounds. It just, oh, okay. I, I like meditating to the sound of rain. And so that is the app. That is an app that I use on a regular basis. I am in the process of creating an app for the 40-day workout, for the 40-day law of attraction workout. Mm -hmm. And that's going to be available soon enough. Well, that's no exciting. specific date, yes. That is. Yeah, that is really exciting. Yeah. Well, as we wrap up the interviews, Eric, do you have any final words of advice for our listeners who may be just kind of hearing about this for the first time or, or wanting to get into it? Maybe they've heard about it for years, but they just haven't quite managed to change their life. What words of advice would you have? I would say that there are six stages to developing the wherewithal to completely changing your life. And the first stage is awareness. And that stage is important because you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. So how do you know that you need this? And that stage of awareness comes from looking at your life and, and saying to yourself, there are so many people who are just like me who are getting much better results than I am. What is it that they are doing that I am not doing? And then go on the search for that knowledge. It starts with the awareness that my life can be better than what it is. And how much do you want it to be better? Because if you want it to be better, you really want it, you will do something about it. Thank you so much for that advice. And thank you for being a guest on Mindfulness Mode today, Zara. I'm thrilled to be here. Yeah, and I'm thrilled to have you. All the best to you. Have a great rest of your day. Bye now. Bye. Hey, Mindful Tribe. Thanks for joining this interview with Zara today. I hope you enjoyed it and got benefit from it. And speaking of benefit, I've recorded a guided meditation. I've mentioned it before. It's called Waves of Content. And it's free for you to help you relax, to help you get more focused, to help you achieve more in your life. On this guided meditation, I talk about waves and how these waves can bring you a higher level of content and happiness. You can download this free guided meditation by going to mindfulnessmode.com slash waves of content. So with that, take what we've learned today to reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness. Stay in the mode.